Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day low actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus hello and welcome to another episode of playing out from the back today Myself and Moses were joined by South London's best footballing brothers, and that is <laughs> Damien and Sean Scannell. Welcome, boys. How are you guys doing? I'm good, thank you. Wait, wait, I'm thank- taking back that. I look, man, there's some brothers out there that have had probably, that were probably going to argue that. <laughs> I don't know, man. Who? Let, let's see. Let's see. Who do what you think? R- Rio and Anton. Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> what, uh, what, 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 what wouldn't you know? <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't, I don't think I don't think I don't think they're up to your levels. I'd like to think that, but I'll let you make the decision. I like that. Are you saying that the career the careers are saying different stuff? Yeah, man. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I think what Rio's done in itself like carries yeah, both nah. of us. Amazing player, amazing player. <laughs> <laughs> nah, only joking. No disrespect to the, the, the Ferdinands. I know they they listen a lot to this, so uh, no disrespect <laughs> to them. <laughs> Uh, no, well, thank you, boys, for coming on. Uh, we're going to get straight into it. Uh, let's start with with how you guys got into to football. You know your upbringing and uh, and all that. I mean, Damo, do you want to go first on this one? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. Um, <laughs> so, so my footballing journey. Um, I've, I, as a young child, I didn't really play it. And then um, I got into it on like a like a you know Tandridge League. I was playing for yes. Everly Rangers, man. You, you two probably are wearing them. They're like in the uh, Beckenham area. Yeah. Um, I didn't really like make no ground there, man. Like I wasn't really confident. I wasn't really trailing. I was just doing it like a like recreationally, like you know. And then um, I went from went from there. I was playing a year up. I went from there to a team called Addiscombe to Addiscombe. Again, you're yeah. probably aware of them. And then um, I got into it. There was a player named Wayne Rutledge that played for them. Wayne Rutledge, yeah. he's had a great career. And um, actually seeing how good he was, wanted to make, like, that, that made me want to be better, you know. Uh, for, uh, I started to pick up on it. I started to get into it a little bit more. From Addiscombe, I went to a team called, uh, sorry, tell a lie. I actually stopped playing football for a bit. I started getting in trouble. Then I went to a team called Downham Tavern. Uh, fortunately, I played against uh, on a 
in a preseason game. I played against a team called Maidstone, played really well. Ended up on the non-league circuit from Fisher to uh, Eastleigh to South End in the league. Played a couple years with them. Then I went to Dagnum a couple years with them and then straight back into non-league. A uh, couple floated around a couple of teams and then had to retire. Wow. I know you, you mentioned Fisher there. Uh, I've heard some good stories about the squad you had down at, at mm. Fisher. Some good players down there at the time. Did you? I think you won. Was it London Senior Cup or two over there as well? Yeah, yeah. R- really good team, man. It was like a gift and a curse because it was like a high spending team at the time. Like a lot of money floating about. Uh, a lot of bad habits picked up there. But um, yeah, it was it was a real good time. It was like a. You could say we were like a bit like a Galacticos. I know people listening to this are going to think, how dare you fucking use Galacticos <laughs> analogy for fun, yeah? But you'd have, to, you'd have to be there to understand what I said, yeah? Like, um, it was like a, um, we were like holding in all the best players at the level at the time. And we were playing good football. So yeah. it was a really good team. At, 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 that, at that time, uh, Damo, I was just coming through um, at Carl Shorten. And I remember um, that was the team that everyone was talking about. Did you play with Jeff, Jeff Goulding? I'm sure he was there at the time, or maybe he was a bit after you. So, yeah, so you see, Jeff was a similar experience, but what happened is it was like quite hectic. I think the back end of the club was run by some different kind of people, best way to put it, and like it wasn't really consistent. So there'd be mm. a high turnover. So when I left, um, Jeff came under another manager who I used, who I played on, his name Wayne Burnett, but it was the same experience. He was still there, like kind of that the era when they were still spending quite a bit of money. Okay. And, um, and, and Sean, uh, what about you? What, what about your career? Let's hear a little bit about your career. How did it go? Where did you start? What have you gone on to? Um, well, it was from when I remember, all I remember when I was younger and, uh, it's funny cause like my, our dad was never really into football. So like he, I think he kind of like hated it at one point. And, um, so I used to just go to the park with like my, my two brothers, Damien and Thomas. And, uh, they were half decent at football. And, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> let me let's not go there. Let's not start that already. No, nah, just nah, nah, to be, nah, they, 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 obviously even Thomas. Thomas was my other brother Thomas was really good at football as well. So I used to mm. just go to the park with them and that. And then coming from that, I signed for Addiscombe Corinthians. That was my first Sunday league team. Because obviously Damien played for Addiscombe in the older ages. And then when I was growing up, my one of like my best friend when I was younger, Carl, his dad managed the team. Mm-hmm. So I signed for Addison Corinthians and um, I used to destroy it. Literally, I'd, I would destroy it week in, week out. And then I went on trial with Chelsea Arsenal mm-hmm. when I was young. But um, because of the fact that it was so far away and my yeah. dad was working and obviously he didn't drive, so we used to catch train. Mm-hmm. Um, Palace came. I think it was might have been Damon, actually. Damon, if I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong. But I think you spoke to... Um, it was a scout called Clary, wasn't it, Dame? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Clary. Everyone knows Clary, boy. Everyone knows Clary. in years. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I remember Clary, come to, he sent a scout to my Croydon game, Derek Millen, the scout for Palace. And um, I went to Palace, um, got scouted by Palace, and I went there for a six-week trial. Got signed there, at, uh, I think, 11, 12. And um, I just went through it, all, these, all the system, like from 11 to made my debut at 17. Then I played for Ireland at 17 and uh, got, got a first team call up with Ireland at 17 as well. And um, then I got to move to Dunwark Palace, but then I got to move to Huddersfield. And then I literally had, after Huddersfield, got promoted to the Premier League with Huddersfield as well. We had a great team there. And uh, literally then I went to Burton, Blackpool, Bradford, and now I'm at Grimsby. 
Yeah, some, some career. We'll get we'll get into that a little bit, a little bit later. The careers, there's some good clubs there from both of you. To be fair, um, what I just want to ask you guys is: you say that your dad, your dad wasn't really into football, and it was a problem that I think a lot of young footballers had, um, especially from the areas that we grew up. That sometimes we didn't have the people to take us, or we didn't have, we just didn't have the guidance. So where did you guys, because both of you are successful in your, have been successful in your football careers and things you've done after, um, where did you get your guidance from? Was it just like friends? So your friend was going football, so you went or, you know, where did you get your guidance through the footballing sort of pyramid? Was there one person who guided you and said, do this, do that? Um, Dan- yeah, Dan- I think it'd be first, different, yeah. Sean, for me and you, wouldn't it? It'd be different because obviously yeah. Sean may have had like a little bit... Well, to be honest, man, if, if I'm being... I wouldn't probably have been the best role model for Sean to follow, but you would have had some kind of like like template to follow. But for me, a, a very lucky, you know, Moses, to be honest, because like, you know, at the point when I started getting into it, I stumbled across a really good manager. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. His name's Wayne Burnett. Wayne mm. Burnett. Yeah. He's an under-23 manager at Tottenham now, man. And so without someone like him, man, I... I wouldn't have probably, I would have possibly not pursued it because, you know, when there was no money in it and, you know, like probably like a lot of people when it's a bit, it's not very clear where you're going to go with it. Mm. I, I didn't really have the guidance to, yeah. So I, would, I wouldn't want to say that, man, like at any point did I think, oh my God, this system is going to make me a professional footballer or make me a footballer. So there was a bit of luck and then coming across people like Wayne Burnett, man, I wouldn't have, I definitely wouldn't have had been telling you about the clubs I played for, you know. Without him, did he did he push you? Did he push you from sort of Fisher onto your onto your professional your professional career? Was it him that assisted you there? Yeah, he's fantastic, man. Um, I'm gonna shout him out, man, because you see with him, like he's he was way ahead of his time. So you know, you or everyone everyone will relate to this, man. You know, like English football's changed. Before it was like just fucking get on with it. Like what mm. are you talking about? Shut up, just lump it. Shut up, mm. and just fucking do this. Yeah, with Wayne Burnett, he's very methodical. He, he's very personal. He's very caring. Like, he'd give me a book to read. And, like, I think he understood my situation, like, my, like where I'm coming from, the, the background and stuff. And, like, he would take time to work with the individual and develop me as a person as well as a footballer. Um, and I don't, I don't think if without that attention, man, I think especially at the time I was very fragile, I don't think I'd have been able to, like, uh, fulfil my, my potential. Um, yeah, Wayne Burnett is is uh, well ahead of his time in comparison to what was floating around non-league. I'm sure you everyone's experienced that kind mm. of manager. You know that old just fucking get on with it kind of manager. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think that uh, we could do with a lot more Wayne Burnett's because <laughs> there, there's too much there's too much of the the other type of of manager. Yeah. Um, and I think that that doesn't help you know aspiring footballers, especially some that are a little bit lost. Um, so I think we need a you know a few more Wayne Burnett's, and hopefully there's more coming through now. Um, but I mean, Sean, what about you? What 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 did uh, you know? Who was your guidance? I know you had your brother. Obviously, you saw him doing it, and um, you had Thomas as well. Your other brother was it? Was it your friend Carl that you said you played with? Or? Um, yeah, Carl and his dad were were massive in my like Sunday league and things like that. Get you when I get scout when I got scouted by Chelsea and Arsenal. But when I went to Palace, it was more. I knew that I had like my two brothers. In, even though my dad didn't like football, I knew I had my dad there. So I had four like three older people there if anything did go wrong. So I wasn't really afraid to like, like fail in any way. So literally I just, it wasn't like, I feel that it was just like, at that age, it was just like raw ability. So I was, I thought I was so good at football that I put everything into it. So it was more to do with like, I didn't, that school, for example, I didn't 
do well in school because I love football so much. So the teachers and that Mr. Yates was big as well because he let me go to football instead of really kind of going to school. So for me, it was like my my ability got me to a certain point. And I feel that like with certain people around me, my brothers and everyone like that, I could have, I didn't, I wasn't afraid to fail in any way at being, being that age. That's good, man. That's good. That was one of the questions I was just about to ask was, Obviously, you joined Palace at, was it 14? Something like that? I 14? think it was, might, might have been like 12 when I signed. 12, yeah. wow. What was that process like, obviously, from such a young age up until like your first team debut? How was that, that when whole I, experience? When I first signed for Palace, the academy was terrible. We, yeah. was, um, we was getting beat. I remember my first game for Palace, I scored in my first game against Millwall and we lost 8-1 to Millwall. And uh, I remember losing at like, 14-1 to Arsenal and that. But then we had a uh, Mickey Hazard, ex-player, yeah. I don't know if you remember him, mm. and Gary Izzet and Colin that came in and changed the whole structure of the club, like the academy. So then we we ended up getting like Victor Moses, uh, John Bostock, Nathaniel Klein, myself, yeah. like, all these types of people that were coming through. And uh, literally every year, I just was getting better and better. So they started playing me up a year. Then I started tra- when I was in year seven, year eight, I was training with the youth team already. That was uh, a very special like year for for your academy. Some of the players you just named there was yeah. Who was the the standout performer at that at that age group for you uh, guys? The most the 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 most loved was John Bostock. He was that like, yeah. He was the the golden child. But the best was Victor Moses. Was an absolute joke. Even for Damien, even when he was when yeah, he was in the with a kid. And... Best, oh, the best man. He was the best man. Unbelievable. Like you could see, Victor was gonna go and do what he done in his career. Yeah, yeah. And Bostock, he did. He was it fifteen? He left for. Top... Uh, he was the youngest yeah. player to ever play Palace. Yeah, yeah. he left. Yeah. So he, he went to he went to Tottenham for a million pound when he was fifteen, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. What some... what what do you think happened with that? Because obviously he was he was very well thought of at the time. Uh, do you think that's stuff to do with him? not having the right guidance or was it just the managers he played for, the clubs he played for? No, I, I just think that him going to Tottenham was probably, I thought, even for myself, I thought he was good enough to go at that age. Like yeah. playing against Tottenham at that them ages, they had a good youth team in that year, but I always thought Bosok was was better and he probably was ready. But then going there, obviously I don't know what happened there, but he, he after that, he, he, he never stopped and he, he went on to have a great career abroad. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Who who is your just quickly, Sean? Who is your um, closest friend? Like, who was you? Who was you closest to in that in that team? Uh, probably would have been what like as in like in the first team. Um, or like through 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 the through the youth ranks. So who was your who was your who was your tightest sort of friend in the going through the youth ranks all the way up to the first team? I guess John Boston, me and John Boston, Jimmy and John Boston were really close because John Boston always played in my age group from under fourteens up until first team. Mm. But then later on, we started getting other players that came through. So we had like Nathaniel Pinney, Kieran Cadogan, <laughs> Nathaniel Klein, everyone like that. And um, but I still stayed close with Bostock. But then when he left, I was probably with Kleiny quite a lot because he was he was my roommate, and he used to pick me up every day for training. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to to Damo, how did that move from uh, to Southend come about? Obviously, that was that was one of your big moves of your career. Um. Yeah, I was. Oh, there was a period uh, in where I was on fire, man. It literally, it was like a transitional period. I was on the bench, 
at Fisher because the team was so strong. And then I went to another team that would be deemed a weaker team. Mm. And I just hit the ground running. Um, it was easily. And um, it was crazy. It went from like me being like someone considered a good player to like, I had like Nottingham Forest asking me to come on loan and stuff like that. Wow. And um, yeah, so then um, uh, I had an agent advising me at the time. His name's Safe Ruby. He was He's quite a big agent. And he uh, he was um, telling me, just hold, just keep playing well, just hold, hold, um, hold still and um, someone will come in. And literally like two two games later, uh, I had a release clause in my contract. South End met the release clause, which was like, I think it was either five or 15,000 pounds. And that was it, man. Like I was driving, the next day I was driving down to South End to agree financial terms. Um, it, was, it was a bit surreal, to be honest. It was a bit surreal because... As much as I wanted to be a pro, I didn't set out to be a pro. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, yeah, I, I wanted to be, but it was just always like a pipe dream, you know. So when I was on that in that car on the way, I remember wearing some like shabby night tracksuit. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> in my head, yeah, I was thinking, yeah, this is it now, you know. Like next is Old Trafford, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the night, you know? the night tracksuit's gone after. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Was yeah, would so. you say that was the best moment of your your career? No, you know what? Nostalgia will, will tell me that's the best moment, but not really, mm. man. When I was playing, man, I remember like like sometimes like I got goosebumps. Yeah, I remember I played at Leeds, you know, and coming where I come from, yeah, like in in football. Yeah. And then playing at Leeds, yeah, I was like just standing there. I remember um, Tory Andre Flo was playing for Leeds and um, Jermaine Beckford. And I was just standing there, Fabian Delph, and I was like playing left wing, yeah. And I could just hear their fans. And I was just like, nah, is this a bit too big for me? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I don't know if it's my best, moment, but you know, it's like a moment I was just like surreal. I was like, you know, some people might just say, no, you're meant to like, don't you got you got caught up in the moment. But for me, it was surreal. Does, does yeah. that make sense? Like, yeah, 100%. Um, um, Damien, I when as I said before, like you know, when I was coming up through non-league, I was like, my big obsession was like when I wanted to 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 go up the levels and I really wanted to, I used to I used to check all the players. And every time I heard a player went from sort of the non-league game to to the professional game, I always wanted to know how they'd fare. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. because you know playing non-league you go from Tuesday and Thursday nights um, you know and a game on Saturday to obviously training every day with players that have been training every day all their all their career with um, with teams that tra- have been training full-time all the time have been in existence and you get thrown into that and you know you ain't got much time to sort yourself out you have to get up to pace um, so sort of my thing to you is my question to you is how did you find that that change how did you find that change from maybe part time to going full time in the training and playing with players that you know won't give you an inch um, and, and stuff like that great question man you know what man um, I was I'm not I don't want to be disrespectful to the level yeah when you go up man it's not like all of a sudden everyone's Ronaldinho like, it's not like all of a sudden everyone's got this amazing touch, man. The level's more consistent. Like, you won't have shit. Re- well, I don't want to use the term shit, but you won't have, like, the level will be more consistent towards the upper end of quality, yeah? But it's not like, especially the level I went to, it wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm out of my depth. Mm. Um, but I did struggle. I did struggle with the transition of, like, seriousness. So non-league is <laughs> turn up on a Thursday night. You could, well, just warm up and play a game. 
when I'm not playing and you're asking me to be a mannequin, yeah, especially with my mentality, man, I'm like, you fuckers, man. Like, you're making me complain about <laughs> being a mannequin, yeah. And plus, yeah, you see what I didn't like about non-league, yeah? Uh, what, what I didn't like about the professional game is bitch-arseness. Bitch-arseness mm. as well. Where, where these boys have come through the system. It, like, it's, it's okay, though, because they've bought into that system. Like, they're proper bitchy. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Well, I found that, like, you know, like, like, man, you get in, like, you, like, you look at, like, I get it, it's the seriousness to it, but it's like the gossipy kind of people not liking each other and stuff like that. But I guess that's what keeps it competitive. But coming from non-league, it's more like of a dressing room. Does that make sense? Like you might get the occasional kind of like this uh, people not liking each other or argument, yeah. But in, in I found it quite like competitively bitchy. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But but I think I, I should have adapted and realised that that's it was kind of healthy to raise the standards, you know, like everyone wanted the shirt and stuff. Mm. You know, so, but that yeah. would have, that that would have been something that you you wasn't used to because although at non-league that's the case at non-league generally a manager will have his team and he'll have a few players on the bench but it's not like he will know who his best eleven are but I guess that when you're in the professional game there's always a competition there's always someone coming through in your position there's always um, a direct opposition for yeah. for your shirt. Moses, the one time in pre-season, these boys, yeah, were arguing, like, like over a shirt number, yeah. For me, I get it, though, I get it, yeah, because some of them, like, come through the youth team and, like, have the same shirt number, yeah. They're arguing over a shirt number, like, mm. like fisticuffs, yeah. I'm like, what? Like, because the manager put it up and then I think, like, he's given it and then that like, you can buy it, let you, it's like you can give your number up, but someone could buy the number of you, whatever it may be, and I can't remember exactly, but they're arguing and then, like, they and then they're bitching about each other and like they're going back to their separate corners of the dressing room like, oh, he's a prick, you know? But me, mm. I'm just like, but, but maybe, maybe that's why I never made it. Do you get what I'm saying? Because yeah. I was just you like, feel... oh, just give me number 12. Like, yeah. Know, like... That that edge, that edge, that that little edge that they might they might have had might have been the reason, right? Yeah, like team nights out, you know, like team nights out, man. You fuck, like, you got to stay to the end of the stuff, yeah? Like, and if you don't go, oh, you're not part of one. Like, you know, like for me, I'm like, fuck that, man, I'm going to go home. Like, you know, like, but... <laughs> You know what? But, you know what? You know what I was saying to you, Damien. They're the things where you need guidance. You need someone yeah. at that stage um, to say, like, this is how it works. This is how you play the system. This is what you've got to be. And I think that hearing what you're saying is is sort of like you didn't get that. You haven't been in a yeah. professional game before, and you didn't get that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, even yeah. staying after for a bit, I just want to go home. Like, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, you get um, what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I get it, yeah, but I, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying I, that's what I didn't adapt to. Yeah, so... yeah. Um, okay, Sean, um, <laughs> over to you. Let's go to, let's go back to Crystal Palace. Um, just getting in the first team. Um, one the kid. That's what they used to call your football manager. So one the kid. Uh, <laughs> always, always football manager references from me. Yeah. So one the kid breaking in at Crystal Palace. Um, it's all new for you. You know, top level of the, you know, the higher levels of the professional game. What was that like? Um, for me, when I when I first broke into the first team, I thought it was a bit like it wasn't easier, but. Because of like they didn't at them times there wasn't really no young players. So me, Boston, and Victor, when we broke through, it was like wow. Like everyone looked at us like wow. Like who are these young kids? And I remember coming on against QPR. It was one nil down. This was my home debut, and uh, I came on and literally uh, and another young boy, Lee Hills, left back. And um, when I came on, we ended up winning two one. But I came on and just caused absolute chaos throughout the whole game. And then 
the next game was Sheffield Wednesday at home and I came on for the last five minutes at 1-0 and I scored the winning goal. And after that, literally, it just everything else was made. Like, I was just, after that, I just felt comfortable. I felt like I had a place. Mm. Is it, Go on. Was it you, you, you sort of felt you could compete at that level? Yeah, yeah, yeah. After I, after I scored that goal, then I thought, yeah, I'm here now. Like, mm. like I'm, a part, I'm a part of this now. And then after that, we had Neil Warnock, who was the manager. He was a nutter. But <laughs> I was going to say, how was he as a manager? Yeah, we, we need to hear about Neil. Come on, tell us. He's crazy, Neil. man. Neil, Neil Warnock, he's, he's crazy, yeah, but he's, he was good. He, but he gave my debut, so I, I couldn't complain. Yeah. Whatever what what ask we've we done as youngsters, because them times there, not many teams other than Arsenal were bringing through youngsters like the way we was. And literally anything that the manager asked, we'll do. And I would do it happily as well. So he, he's the one that made me from a striker into a winger. So I wasn't happy when he done it, but I couldn't argue. So I just done it, and then literally after that, after I scored that first goal, I just felt made. Like I, I, I felt like I had a place in the team. I was playing week in week out for a while after that as well. Would you say he's the your most favourite manager you played with? As in, because he gave my debut, yeah. But he's not the best manager. But yeah, he's, he's who's, probably... who's the best manager then? <laughs> to be fair, he wouldn't be my favourite. Chris Powell would be the one that got Chris. the best out of me throughout my career. But my the best manager that I played underneath is David Wagner. Ah, uh, nice. I thought you'd say that. <laughs> yeah, he's a genius. What made him different to, to, to the others? Uh, he brought something to the first time I've ever, I think it was the first time I've ever played underneath a, like a, he was German manager and he mm. brought something to the team that I've never seen before. Like even to, not even train him, even to the likes of the way you live, the way you diet. There's that, he used to say like, if you're going to be the best at what you do, you need to, it needs to be off the pitch more than on. And literally every day, like tra- training wise, was insane. We didn't have a day off. That's the first time I ever come across at the time when I never had a day off. Like, and we were training. We was at training from nine till six every day. Wow. So, so do you think? Do you think? Um, in that term, do you think foreign managers are more, more in depth? They go into more. Um, uh, yeah, I, I was. Yeah, for in, in my career, yeah, because obviously, I've had your managers that like I've gone from like your Route One football. Then as I've gone on in my career, you do have managers that wanna wanna be like your Pep Guardiola's and that, and they would even do things like that, like the way he would train and that. But then when we had um, David Wagner, he brought something that was like as soon as he come in, he showed us videos of Dortmund, Real Madrid, and Barca, and was like, "This is how we're gonna play," and everyone was looking at him like, "We're we're we're a relegation fighting team." <laughs> and one of the play like Barcelona in that, and he was like, "Yeah, that's like they're human. Why can't we play like them?" And then the season after that, we got promoted, but we got promoted by playing like that. We was bopping it, everything, mm-hmm. losing. We was the fittest in the team and was the best at football. And and so yeah, so so staying on staying on uh, David Wagner and Huddersfield, um, that championship winning season, uh, how was that? That was one of the best feelings ever. Like it was because it was, it was he he done the impossible. He took Huddersfield Town out of all teams to like yeah. the Premier League. Like it, we had Newcastle in the league. I remember we going to St James's Park. Then we beat Newcastle away two one. Uh, we had Norwich in the league. All these big like big clubs and what we used to do to teams was insane. So when we got to the final against the in the playoff final against Reading, and we, we it, the game's already been won before the before we played the game's already been won because. The way he was, we went away to Portugal just before the final for a week, and we had a big meeting. And he was like, "Look, the the party for after the game's already been booked. We've won this game." 
Wow. Like, we, we, we're going to win this game. I've, I've, I know already because we've come, we've come this far, so we're not coming this far to lose. So we, when we, as soon as they went to penalties at the end, we we already knew. All the players in that was already like we, like we already knew. Yeah, it's a mentality thing. It sounds like he just had you. I can even hear it in your voice. Yeah, yeah you, you yeah. still buy into him now. Yeah, yeah, yeah now you yeah. just you just buy into him, and I could just I could tell how he would have had how he would have had the players feeling. You know, even players that you know maybe. Maybe wasn't the greatest players at that level, but it's that confidence. When, he, he, when he changed players that wasn't doing too well and not playing to becoming the best they've ever been in their career and gone on to play in the Premier League now. What did you think when uh, when he left Huddersfield? I did thought it think... was the right time. Yeah? I thought that he couldn't take the club no further because he, he's, he's done his, his, his masterpiece. So yeah. it's time for him to go and, go and do something else. Fair enough. You spoke about uh, you, earlier your international going from under 17 to Republic of Ireland to, to being called up for the uh, the first team from there. What was that like in that uh, first call up to the, to the national team? How did how how was the process first of all? How was the process of? Um, of I just that? remember when I was um, Clinton Morrison was like, look, like they're, they're announcing the team. Trapattoni was going in to uh, the new manager, so he was announcing like a, a bigger squad to go away for two weeks to Portugal, play two games, and uh, he just wants to get to know like all the players and that. But I, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was 17 at the time. I wasn't even thinking. But then Clinton Morris said to me, like, Scans, you know, you could um, you could actually get a call up here. And I was like, I, I don't see myself getting a call up. They've got some big names there. And then he he done a provisional squad, like the squad before the squad. Mm. And my name was in it. And I remember it coming from Sky Sports News and I was like, oh my days. Like, <laughs> I'm actually in this squad. And then, <laughs> A couple of days later, Gary Izzett called me into the office. Um, this is before the squad came out, the main one. And he was like, look, you're going to be in the squad. And I was like, nah, you're lying to me. He was like, he wants, you to, he wants to take you away. Like, you've done really well. He wants to take you away. And I just remember when I was going to the airport, I was I was so nervous. Because the names on the team, the names on the squad didn't match my name. I, 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 was, I see like Robbie Keynes, Damien Duff, Richard Duns, John O'Shea, yeah. Shea Given, all these names there, Eddie McGeady. And I, when I got there, I saw these people and I was thinking, thinking to myself, oh my day, this is like another level now. Mm. Like, complete another level. What about Robbie Keane? Big, big name done, you know, scored at all levels. What was it like training and stuff with him? I never respected him. I, I respected him as a striker, but mm. as a player, I didn't. I never really, like, watching football and I never really took him in like that. But mm. when I trained with him, I've never seen anything like him. Like, he's dishing out nutmegs for fun. I remember, <laughs> I, I was nervous. And then one time I lost the ball, yeah, and I'd I done it because I was nervous. He said to me, look, he was like, Scan, just relax. Don't worry. Like, no one ain't going to say nothing to you and that. And he got the ball and megged someone. And he just gave me a <laughs> wink. He gave me a wink after that. <laughs> I was like, nah. Like, he, but it was good because he made the, all the younger boys. I was the youngest there, but he made, like, the younger boys feel good as well. Mm. Would you would you say that's that was that, would you say that's the highlight of your career alongside, obviously, the promotion to the to the Premier League? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Play, play, getting that call up, yeah, was, was in another level. Okay, um, Damo, let's go back to you. Um, in terms of, uh, we know who maybe your your favourite manager to play under was was um, was Wayne Bennett. I know he did a lot for you um, at Fisher, etc. But is there any managers who you who you just simply couldn't get along with or anything like that? 
Um, yeah, Bromley, man, Mark Goldberg. I can't stand the fuck. <laughs> I can't stand him. Wow. Listen, he's a, he, mate, he's just, oh, God. Dude, no, man, nothing, man. I don't know if you're aware of him yet. Yeah. He's like, so, man, he, we fell out bad, something bad. Yeah, We just had like an argument after one game, yeah, and he's like a little schmeagle. Yeah, he's like a fucking... So, <laughs> what, what's happened now, yeah? He's like, I've, I've played like an FA, FA Cup game against like Averley. We drew nil-nil. Like, he, he didn't really do nothing wrong. And I'm like, that's not good enough, man. Like, we're meant to be, like, this team, like, they're, like, two divisions below us. And then he's like, I've said something to the boys. He's like, are you trying to cause mutiny or something like that? I'm like, mutiny? Why do you even use that word? Like, it's football, bro. Like, mutiny? What the fuck is this? And then imagine this here. The following game, he's gone, you're not playing. You're going to train in Oxford. In o- No, no, so Oxted. You know, like, it's the other side of, like, I don't know, yeah. Godstone or something. Mm, yeah. I've turned up, he just got me a random PT and I'm training in like a farm, like doing some <laughs> one-to-one PT. And then the, then every training session I've turned up, he's got me a one-to-one PT and everyone else is training. Like I'm training with some random coach. So then um, he asked me, we, we, they've had a the struggle for players. I've had to come on one game. I've done all right. And we've kind of like fell out again. But they, they listen to the highlight of this fucking egg, what he done to me. Yeah? So we've gone, we've gone back three season now. And he's gone, um, uh, they've tried to get me to come back in, but they've gone, all right, you're going to come back in, but we're going to go full time. But I've got a part time contract. Yeah. So we've met them at David Lloyd in, is it David Lloyd or Nuffield in Bromley? Mm-hmm. And him and Jerry Dog. Jerry Dog's a lovely guy, man. They, like, but uh, I don't, and they, Mark was there as well. And they're like, all right, sign your full time contract. I'm like, no way, you're going to pay me the same money to be part time. Like, you're crazy. Like, and I don't like you. So then, <laughs> then, bro, I'm in the car on the way home. I've opened my emails. They've cancelled my contract. <laughs> They've cancelled wow. my contract, yeah. I'm driving. So I'm like, what? So Jerry, I phoned Jerry. Jerry's like, look, man, like, this is what we're doing if you're not going to be part of it. I'm like, all right, good one. Phone the FA. <laughs> the FA are like, mm, they can't do that. Uh, and they've agreed that they've had to pay me, but it was just the manner in which she treated me because I'm not like that kind of person. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not someone that's a bad egg or deliberately gonna cause mutiny, as he said in his dressing room. I was trying to like tell the boys it's not good enough, and he fucking just decided to make me a scapegoat for their performance. You know. So mm. yeah, that from that yeah, like I've never really had that kind of fallout of a manager throughout my career, and I've never been handled like that even in any kind of work environment. So for me, it was just like a black ball. Like, I didn't. I don't like it. Yeah. Like that, you know. Mm. So. Sounds like he just didn't like what you said in the in the uh, in the change rooms after that game and took it very personally by the sounds of things. Mm. I think I think, I think a lot I think a lot of the managers there, they always just they they want to find someone to blame or yeah. have someone who when it goes wrong they could say oh we had this bad egg or we had that or he did this he did that look at his attitude you know when he sends you to Oxted he's expecting you to say no nah, I ain't going there. You know, come yeah, with that yeah. attitude, and they they sort of uh, you know they they prod that side out of you, and then when you explode, yeah, yeah. they also blame yeah. it on you. You know, it's, it's yeah, but also it's... for money, you see at that level where they've got you by your balls a little bit with your money. Yeah, they feel as though they can just manage you and like making examples, like set precedents for like, listen, you lot ain't. This is how I deal with people, you know. And where his managing skills were inept, yeah, he backed it up with like money and trying to play the the the, the big businessman talk and stuff yeah like and it didn't really wash with me you know like it didn't mm. really wash with me and and that's the clash so when we talk about managers like i'm talking about him as a person as well Do, yeah. you know what i'm saying so it's yeah. not just it wasn't just his manager style it's just how he handled me as a human yeah you know, so yeah 
Same question to you, Sean. What about you with regards to managers? I don't think it'll be as bad as that, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I, I've never really had like what problems with managers like that. But my my manager that I've probably not seen eye to eye with the most probably be Mark Robbins when uh coming at Huddersfield and uh he just counted me out. Like, well, he didn't count me out straight away, but the season after, like, I've done really well. He just like on the bench every game. Mm-hmm. Even I come on and do well. I come on and win the winning the game. Next game, not playing, not playing. Sometimes he leave me out of the squad in that year. He used to get it from the managers for not playing me and that. But there was he he had a problem with me, but he never would ever say it. And then tried to get rid of me. And literally, I was on the on the on the motorway on the way down to from Huddersfield to Mill because I was going to sign for Mill. Mm. And uh, I got a phone call to say that he's, that he's been sacked. So I spun around on the motorway as quick as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the, the chairman said to me that um, I think you're like who the the next manager is going to be and I was thinking alright well right, cool, I'll come back I went back and then um, it was, that's when Chris Powell came in okay that's when Chris Powell and everything changed for me when Chris Powell came in but Mark Robbins not that I, I didn't like him it's just that we never we never saw eye to eye I don't think he understood me and like yeah. I mean, and then see when you just you get past the point of even wanting to understand each other mm, yeah. that's what I, got to I've got, I've got a, I've got a couple of questions uh, for you Sean when you have a manager like Mark Robbins <laughs> Yeah, um, sorry, what, sorry. that's all right. Don't worry, David. Yeah, when you have a manager like Mark Robbins, what's your day to day thing? Are you in the office? Are you in the office? Are you asking him? Are you asking him what's going on, or are you just getting on with it um, and training? Um, and the second question is, what made Chris Powell so good? Okay, so the first one, yeah. In my young days, I wouldn't have gone in the office because I would have been nervous. But when I got older and I thought that I should have been playing in that, yeah. I'd, I'd knock on his door straight away and I'd talk to him. But I, I wouldn't talk to him all the time. I'd talk to him only so much because I think there's only so much you can talk to a manager. Like, I think after a while, it become, you become annoying to him. Mm. Where you become like, like stop knocking on my door. Like, like just just train. I, I would never stop training, things like that. I never, never like, butt training off or anything like that. But I would I would want to. But because I, I, I love football so much and I just, like, every day in training, if I, if I felt I'd done bad in training, it would play on my head after training. Yeah, so I'd always work hard in training that year, but I'd knock on his door like every so often, and all I'd go up to him after training is be like, like any chance of me playing and things like that. And because, see, when you know that managers are giving you excuses, this, that, and the other, you could be losing every game, but the manager still has an excuse for the team are doing well. So yeah. that's what my, that's what he was like here. Yeah. So I didn't really knock on his door too much because like I just got I just got on with things because mm. I knew someone like maybe eventually if we're losing and that someone like Chris Powell who changed everything will come in. And for Chris Powell, he, him and Aldi, his assistant, when they came in, they at the start, they didn't play me because they saw that I was I wanted to leave. So because they saw that I wanted to leave, yeah, my, my mind wasn't really on playing. Mm-hmm. So they, they put me on the bench for the first couple of games. So then I went up to Aldi and I was like, why am I not playing? And he was like, you need to go and talk to the manager because you, we, we know that your head's not in it right now. So go and speak to the manager and tell him that you want to play for this club and he'll play you so then I went to him spoke to him we had like a deep conversation and then from there he just basically just see like he's a manager that he basically just gave me 15 games and said this is your time to shine now go and go and shine like he's one of the managers he's he'll pull me aside tell me what I'm doing wrong and that things like that we just got along really well like even after games against Birmingham and that he lives in London yeah so he's one that he would drop me home and that He'll just get mm. me in the car, drop me home, me, him and Aldi on the way back. He'll buy me food, everything like that. So we had a good relationship. Mm. 
and because it, like because we trust each other, like I, I, I gave my all. I, I played. I was in that season. I was a joke. So like I got player of the season. I got players player of the season. I got voted top fifty players outside the Premier League. And uh, with, with yeah, Chris Powell was just like he 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 understood me and he he got me and he just literally just said, look, here's fifteen games. Go and go and do what you're doing. And if you're performing, you you'll play. If not, then I, I'm sorry that like, I can't play you. That's Fair good, enough. man. That's good, man. And talk about timing and 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 in football, you could have been playing for Millwall, and who knows where your career could have gone after exactly, that. Yeah. But it's it's amazing what what that kind of stuff does. Uh, just going back to your, one of your last seasons in Palace, I was looking at the squad list of one of your last seasons, and you had Edgar Davids and Stefan Everson in your squad. Yeah, what was it like training with Davids first of? All? No one knows this year, but see, David, David yeah. is a nutter. Edgar <laughs> <laughs> David, yeah, do not, do not piss off Edgar David. He will, he will come for you and he will, he will kill you, man. That guy there is a, when I say a stone cold nutty. Yeah, I thought when I when he came in, I thought to myself, I got someone that's played with Zidane in the change room. I got someone, that's done, I got someone. Has he, has he won Champions League in that? I'll f- I'll f- yeah, he did with Shorty. Hi, actually, Yeah. yeah. Listen, when 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 I saw, I saw him in the change room, and he had the, the best thing that everyone noticed was we saw the glasses in it. When he walked out the change room, everyone was like, "Hey, should we try them on?" <laughs> so we trying the glasses. So we trying the glasses. But in training that year, like I remember him in come in meetings and that we had George Burley as manager. And George Burley was um would be standing there talking, and he'll stand up and he'll 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 shut down his meeting. He'll shut down the meeting. He'll say what he's got to say. Like, like I'm, I'm the boss. In training that year, he, he would say like he would this. Once when I first come back, we first training because I was a little bit. See, like me, I'm a, I'm a little bit whamish. Yeah, he was like, I was like, yeah. He said to me, "Where are you playing?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go up top." He said, "No, nah, no, nah, go centre back." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" I was like, "What do you mean, what do you mean go centre back?" Like, I was like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a striker. <laughs> and he, he looked at me that day, huh? Well, you're not a striker. And I was like, no, nah, I'm, yeah, I'm a striker. And he was like, oh, okay, go, go, go score goals then. Like, yeah, he was nuts, man. But he was always playing professional, though, like, after training that year. See, like, his jogger beneath her feet and that. Yeah. He used to, um, after training that year, he used to just get all these little cones in that year and just do 1v1s with people every, every day, 1v1s with people all around cones and that feet and that. But he was past his day, though. Like, yeah. I don't, like he, was, he wasn't great, but. He's just a legend, and he? he? What he brought to the team was that this, the experience is crazy. Can you can you see the? Could you see like a clear difference with Edgar Davis? The way he prepared, the way he trained, the way he did things. Could you see a clear difference between like a player that's played at his level and a player that's played maybe Championship, League One level? Uh, not not really. Like I know he did his extras and things like that. Yeah, but not a massive, massive difference. Is there just the fact that he was Edgar Davids? Yeah, like he 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 was someone that's just got crazy experience, and when he said something, you listen because of, like when I asked I asked him like who's the best player you've ever worked with in your career, and I was expecting to say Zizi or someone like that. Yeah, he said Ledley King. <laughs> wow, he, he was like Ledley King. Ledley King is him. He's him. I never see him lose the ball and that. And I was thinking to myself, bro, you must be you're you're lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, he played for AC Milan. He must have played with yeah. Shevchenko. I mean, yeah, he said Ledley King. He has, he has, he's got Sadov next to him for for Holland yeah. as well. Like. <laughs> yeah. You can't, ar- you can't argue with him. Now. I didn't even argue with him because I knew he would have, he would have troubled me. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, to you, Damo, um, just a question. What, who's the, who's the, what would you consider the best player that you played with um, or against, let's say? Against. Um, or both, with and oh. against. <laughs> you know what? The standout 
player that I played against, yeah, um, he, he didn't sit with me. He's a guy named Wes Houlihan. Yeah. Mm. I, it, he has to be up there. I could probably compare some of them, but you know why? Yeah? It was my um, the way I underestimated it, man. We played against Norwich one time, and they should never have been in League One, by the way, Norwich at the time. They were fucking, like, Arsenal League One. And he, um, mate, he was shifting like Messi. He was tiny, and he was just <laughs> jinking. And like it was like he was like a little leprechaun, bro. He's fucking just just flying <laughs> in between everyone. Yeah, he's small, yeah. And he was just I was like, why is he even playing with us? You know, like <laughs> it was too easy for him. Obviously, Sean, imagine this here when Sean went away of Ireland. I think Wes went with you, didn't he? Yeah, Wes played it. I played, yeah, I played it. I was like, yeah. Sean, he must he must be good for you as well. And Sean was like, Yeah, he's decent. I was worried. I was like, how the fuck is he good as he? But even in the Premier done a bit, I think, didn't he? I think yeah. he yeah. yeah. And what about what about you, Sean? Best player I played against. Against and with. Uh, oh. Rivier, I'm. I'll still say he's got to be Victor Moses. Still, man, he's still like he's. A, he was a, a different level wow. of human. See, wow. see, like when you're young and you so you're so good at football, yeah, that you you start saying that you're a ringer and that. <laughs> <laughs> he was like that. Like he, he starts saying, "Oh, you know, he can't be our age and that." But he was different level, man. Like a joke or. Aaron Moy, he's at he's plays in China now, yeah. But he got he oh, got Huddersfield. Signed to Huddersfield, yeah. Yeah, he comes yeah. to Huddersfield and he was a see one of them them, them silent people that never spoke like he would he come in, he was Australian, like he just said hello everyone. He was bald. So I was like, bro, who is this? He got come on loan from Man City, he didn't even know, meet anyone at Man City, they just bought him from Australia, sent him straight on loan to us, and I was thinking, nah, this guy ain't gonna be good. But yeah, I'm telling you now, yeah, he was in like one of the best players I've seen. He was a joke, yeah, and then he went to got the move to Brighton now, he's in China now, isn't he? Mm, yeah. But, Best player I've played against. I've been playing against Man City, playing against Robinho. Wow. Robinho, Robinho was a different level, man. And Damien, Adele, Terrapt. Oh, God. Oh, I, mean, oh, he was I got nightmares. Damien, did you play against Adele in a game? Yeah, I think we played against him in a, like, a off-season game, like in a thing for South End, like a friendly, man. Ridiculous. And yeah, sure, he, he sure, joke, sure, did you play in that, that QPR season? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've you been played. Like, see that QPR? I remember one. I remember someone calling me over, saying to me, "You're like closing down." I was thinking, "You closing down?" And <laughs> <laughs> sure, that, to this day, I still watch those clips. You know, they're, I just go on YouTube. I just go on YouTube, and I'm thinking, "Nah, the nutmeg by the corner flag is." Yeah, I, I don't want to end up. I was like, nah, "I'm not ending up on soccer AM." <laughs> <laughs> what were you telling me? You go and do that. Uh, it's inc- you know boys, what? They're too good. Them boys are too good, man. You play against them, and you're like. What did you do as a youngster? Like, how are you so good? Like, the fuck is this? Yeah, you know, with you know, with Tarat, I mean, his quality was undoubtedly the top, the top top level. So, I mean, you know, he should have been playing Champions League big games and you know, top of the Premier League. Um, so for you, Sean, what do you think would have? What do you think would have been going wrong there? Do you think it would have been maybe something with attitude or his training? Or like, I, I, I couldn't tell you what he was at day to day. I didn't train with him in that year, but. Mm. He was what the way the way he was. He just he looked like he was a cash. Like he was just so good that like I'm just turning up to work to do my thing. And I'm, keep, I'm keeping it moving after. Yeah. See that like you got see that like you got people that work harder. He, I don't know if he did yeah, but he just looks like one of the people that he's just raw talent and he just like he's just good at what he's good at football. <laughs> he don't yeah. work on anything too much. He's just good at football and he just comes in and enjoys himself. While whilst we're on the subject of players you played with and against, I think it's right to mention Zaha. Uh, what was it like seeing him come through the ranks? Like, did you know of him before he started training with the first team? 
not not too not really. Sometimes like I see him around in that year, but because he's a couple of years younger than me, so mm. I wouldn't really see too much of him. But when he broke through randomly, when he broke through randomly, it was like he just raw ability. Like he came yeah. in and he like he he's one of the people that didn't when he came in, he wasn't nervous, he didn't care. If he lost the ball, he, he wouldn't care. He if anyone said anything to him, tell him to move. <laughs> like he was one of them players that and I think that's what helped him massively as well like he was just he was just raw at what he did he was like destroy people so where he got to it, was, it didn't surprise me obviously I left before he started causing an absolute madness mm. but at his young days I remember him like when he first broke into the scene he scored against Leicester and that you could just see it coming yeah with uh question to you both actually if you both could go back and give a piece of advice to your, say, 16, 15, 16 year old selves, what would it be? Uh, Gandhi. <laughs> uh, I would say um, create your own standards. Uh, just like a kind of like you can refer to rather than like, like shifting. Uh, based around the group you're in, so like I thought though, I thought as a, throughout my career, whatever team I'd play for, the 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 general standard of the group, I'd try and meet that, you know. And and I think I think I would have done a lot better job of like setting up my stool, and 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 just working towards that. Does that make sense? Like rather than trying to fit into the group standards. Mm. Yeah, better yourself individually and forget about the group that you're with etc yeah. Yeah. only only battle against you know put yourself under the most yourself under the most pressure to be better rather than try and compete i get that mm, i get yeah. that and that's a lot that's a lot of things that you know the top top athletes say they say you know there's no one that can spur me on there's no one that can give me criticism more than i give myself um you know and you hear that you, you know the top i heard harry kane say it the other day when he had his interview with gary neville that that's what pushes him on. He doesn't compete with anyone because his biggest critic is himself. Um, so yeah, I, I can totally hear that one. What about what about you, Sean? Uh, my would probably be. Uh, I, should, I, I would I would say do like do more, do your extras and do your yogas and things like that because when you when back in the day when I was younger, yeah, now it's looked on massively, yeah. But back in the day, you didn't really have have all that. You had to take that on yourself and that. So for me when I used to see certain players doing extras and that, and I'd be walking in training thinking, yeah, that's, that's long. Yeah. <laughs> that's the things that I should have been doing. Like that's one thing I always give to John Bostock. He was that kid that always after training would get 20 balls, whatever, be taking free kicks, whatever he was weak at, he'd be taking free kicks, working his weaker foot and that. But then there'll be a group of us that'd be going in, getting off. So for me, I, I would have done more and took, took things a little bit more serious. Okay. That's two pieces of great advice to be fair. Because uh, when you're at that age as well, you just think, ah, uh, it's 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 not a big deal doing that, like you say, yoga and stuff. But now the people that are doing it are furthering their careers. Yeah, it's crazy, absolutely crazy, man. I'll tell you who definitely weren't doing yoga. Adel Tarat, he weren't doing yoga. <laughs> <laughs> he weren't doing yoga. Yeah. Moses, you, you see, my uh, Adel Tarat, you going back to him, why he probably didn't make it to the top yet? Mm. I think. When it comes to someone like who 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 offers his unique like ability to the team, yeah, like the, like he's like you put him in the same mold as like Ronaldinho and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. And I think there's not much space at the top for them guys. Do you get yeah. what I'm saying? So it's it's either your elite elite, yeah, 
or then you've got to go and mingle with your with your and then there's not there's definitely no space in the lower end of the prem. Do you get what I'm saying? Like there's, yeah. there's less time. So it's either you're the best at it or man, you're just a highlight reel on YouTube. Do, do you get mm, what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, because, because you have to you have to base your whole team around him. You can't yeah. he, he don't fit into a team, your team has to fit into him. That's the sort of player he is, isn't it? Yeah, because he could do things on the ball that I would say someone like I don't know. Um, I don't, let's let's look at someone like Van Nistelrooy, or I don't know. Probably even you could say Henri. He could probably do things Henri can. But like these guys are uniquely like they're unbelievable. Do you get what I'm saying? Statistically, mm. they have something that stand out, or I don't know more in his role. I don't know, matter. You're gonna play compare him to matter. You know why matter? Like you know, yeah. like when you when you look at these guys' numbers. So when when we're talking about a direct threat, I think for me and Sean, or definitely for me, he's like unreal. But when we reach that true top elite level, you've got to have more. Yeah, just be the nutmeg in the corner. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I totally, I totally understand that. And um, um, Sean, uh, sorry, Damien, staying with you. Um, I just want to go to when you finished playing football. What was the reason why you finished playing football? Was it was it injury? Because you finished quite young. Yeah, um, I was uh, playing a pre-season game again against uh, I think it was Dartford. I've um. I've got a knee to the to the middle of my quad and it's uh, felt like a dead leg. Um, six weeks later, I'm retiring, man. It was like um, I started forming bone tissue in my muscle, um, which which is like a random thing. It's like a, there's like a reason behind it, but it literally meant like going under an operation that could potentially have me out for a year and a half, which is no good at that age. And I wasn't earning that much to really do it. And I'm as a PT as well, so it didn't make sense. Or retiring, so I retired. Yeah. And how did you find? How did you find that? How did you take that? Were you ready, or was you? you know, I cried, you know. You know? I yeah. cried, man. I was um, I was in bits, bro. Yeah, yeah. Now, because I was just, I was just reading up, and I and I saw, I, I realized how how long ago that you you retired. So I was just, I was just wondering what happened there. On that, but yeah, that's sad, man. But you're you're now um inspiring the whole of South of England, so it's all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, then, I don't think I don't think I know anyone as inspirational as you. You make me yeah when I'm sitting there, and I go past your things on on um your videos on Facebook. I don't even go on Facebook, but you're always posting on Facebook, yeah. When I go past your videos, I think now I might have to get up and do a five k. You know? <laughs> no, <laughs> there's no real reason why I'm sitting here. Yeah, and I ain't done the 5k. And then when I, when I look at the times that you're doing it in, I say, no, 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 I need to sit back down because that. <laughs> you know what? You do make me feel good, you know. You do a great for the ego, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Even when uh, the, the lockdown happened last year, like the, the seven o'clock uh, workouts you're doing on Instagram Live, it got to the point where our football team, like, Everyone was there at 6.45 on, on a WhatsApp group saying who's doing it today. It went from about two or three people to like three quarters of the of the squad. It was crazy what you were doing, man. I used, to just, I used to just watch and, and write in the comments, more yeah. down-ups, more down-ups, Damo. Get them. Too much rest. <laughs> no, man, I just want to say, Damo, man, honestly, inspiration-wise, I've never actually met you. Um, and obviously I've seen, but, you know, people... What, what what people say about you and how you've helped them is is inspirational in itself, man. And you know, you're you could be key for some of these, you know, young players coming through because I think that you're the sort of person that they need. They can see you've done it, you're now out of it, 
and you you know you've got the you've got the you've got the experience and you've got the motivation. So you know, keep doing what you're doing, man, and keep helping those those people that need help because yeah, it's a good job, man. Yeah, you, to, to be honest, man, just to bounce back, it's actually platforms like this because I think what happens is with the young boys, they they only aspire to be the the top end pros. So like they only ever see that reality or or fantasy. You know, like I'm gonna yeah. be. I'm going to be Messi, I'm going to be Ronaldo, which is a great goal to set. But in truth, they need to hear more stories. Do you get what I'm saying? Because mm. th- that's what's going to happen. Well, even if you do get there, they need to understand the raw realities of mine, Sean, or whoever you have on his journey. Because mm. it's what happens to 99% of the youth, right? It, it, let's yeah. be honest, as much as we all want to be the Messi's and Ronaldo's, the majority of us end up in that, in and around the middle somewhere, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, for sure. Yeah, credit to what you lot are doing, man. Bringing a voice to to, to football, you know, the the real people, the grassroots level, you know. Yeah, no problem, man. And Sean, Sean, uh, for you, um, what's what's going on with you now? Where where you're at Grimsby now? Will you be looking to? You don't know what you're doing now, or are you staying at Grimsby? Uh, I'm at Grimsby now. Got another year, got another year left. Um, but for me now, that, that I'm just in the gym now every morning. With Damien working like. I've got another year there, so if I'm there, I just got to go there and just do what I got to do. Yeah, like, like that's my thing now. Like I'm, I'm not gonna turn around and say I want to leave. I'm not, whatever it is, whatever happens, happens. If I'm there next season, I'll, I'll go there and be the best I can there. Mm. I'm not not trying to cut your your career short or anything, but do you are you thinking of anything coaching, management, or anything after? Right now, I'm in the transition of like I'm 30 now. Let me see if I can get myself back to the champ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, hopefully um, on the, on the, on the journey as well, I'll come up with something that I'll be like Damien. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be fair, at thirty, you're still young enough, and yeah, you're still you good got, enough to to get to the championship. When I see some of those players, I know I'm not at that level, but when I see some of them nicking a living, and then I see players like like yourself, I think you, you're definitely definitely good enough for for the championship, hundred percent. If you get if you get on that yoga, you'll be going for another six seven. <laughs> Listen, I need six, I need seven. that yoga. Yeah. <laughs> six seven years. Get on the yoga, you go for six seven years. All right, all right. Enough, enough, enough of uh, the questioning on you boys. Now let's talk about let's talk about the Euros. You boys excited about the Euros coming up? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just I just I just I just like it when it's even if I'm not watching the game, I just like the fact that it's football on TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm exactly the same, man. I just like like it on in the background. Um. Just, just on your thoughts, uh, I'll go to you, Damo. Um, who are your thoughts on who could be a breakout star in this next comp- uh, in this next Euro competition? Do you know? Do you know have any players that you think might this might be the time they arrive on the top top level? Oh, great, great question. Great, great question. Do you know who I'd like? Yeah, do you know who I like? I like Jack Grealish. You know, yeah. and I think I like him here yeah, because. They get they get like too much spotlight because of form. Yeah, I genuinely think he's actually a classy act. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I I think this if he does what I think he can do in this tournament, this will secure a very good move, not a rush move. You know, like a good good yeah. move. He's a ready. Good club, and he can play. I don't want him to go somewhere and he just he's just deemed as like a flashback. I want him to go somewhere and they love him. Like, so yeah. I want him mm. to do well. Mm. And what what about you, Sean? Uh, are we talking about in the England squad or just in general? Uh, no, no, no. All, all across the, all across the competition. I think uh, in the England squad, anyway. In the England squad, I think there's a few. Now they've got a young squad. I think there's a few young boys that could go and make something for next season. Like they, they could, they could put their name out there as one of the best for next season. And 
I feel Damien ain't gonna agree with me, yeah, but Phil Foden, I think he could. <laughs> I think he can he can actually go and put something in his name now, yeah, where he can go and cement Man City and just like he could be like the next David Silver at City. Yeah. Why don't why don't you agree, Damon, by, by the way? Yeah, do you know what? Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's put me in it there a little bit, yeah, because he's, he's not given no context. Yeah. <laughs> let, me explain, let me explain to you, yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just saying the 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 hat that Phil Foden gets. Phil Foden is a fantastic player, yeah, but it's like I feel like it's just that they they just disrespect Sterling now and Rashford just because he's had that like last three four months mm-hmm. in a City team looking really really good which he is which he is but I don't think it's time to discredit Sterling and Rashford and just disregard them like they're not they haven't been holding it together for the past three or four years both of them yeah you know, at their at their clubs respectfully I just think Phil Foden looks a lot more on the eye you know yeah. so I I really yeah. struggle with the with the people that you know Sterling's out of form right. But what people got to remember with Sterling in a in a team in a Man City team where Pep can change it at a whim at a whim, he plays every game. Like this is the first season where he's been in and out. But before that, and considering it's a Pep team, he was always in the team. Him and De Bruyne were always in the team, and I I think even for England as well, he's never let England down. Always never. good performances, always goals, yeah, and I, and I think I think that puts. That has to put a bit of money in the bank. Give him a break. One bad season. Give him a break. It's not even been a, a, it's not bad been a bad season. Not exactly. I played that season. You just justify my point. That's all I'm saying. Why? Why does he get brushed under the carpet just because yeah. he hasn't been as good as previous seasons? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, the, the thing is, is he set standards so high now that people think they have the right to criticize him. But if he delivered this season for the last five seasons, six seasons, seven seasons, and hadn't gone higher, we'd be hanging our hat on him to win us the Euros. Yeah, you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I said to my brother earlier today, actually, I think he'll be the player of the tournament, Sterling, because uh, there, there's there's a lot of talk of the Grealish Foden. Obviously, Kane will get a lot of the the talks and. He's actually gone into the tournament under the radar, and the pressure for him now is is gone. So he will, and he's definitely going to start. He's Southgate always picks him, no matter out of form or not. He will start, and I think he'll actually be the player of the tournament if England win the. I don't, I don't think England even get that far to even get that award. Don't oh, you wow. think so? Yeah. Oh wow! What, what, what's your thoughts? That's then? So where, do you, where do you think? That's so harsh, man. Where do you think? Um, I, I think England. Well, I think I think they'll struggle even in the group stage. I think, man. Do you think? I, 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 I don't. I don't. I don't think they're, they're they're a cemented team yet, man. I just got they got really good individuals in that yeah, but I don't think they're they're a cemented team yet, man. They, they they need to come together more. They're that see like when Belgium had their when they had all their young boys coming through and everyone was saying like, oh yeah, they're gonna be unbelievable. This that and the other when they had all the hazards, Kevin De Bruyne, Lukaku, and that coming. Mm. I think they're they're at that part where they still got a little bit to go before they become cemented team. Who who do you think wins it then? I'm, I'm, I, I think Portugal are going to be strong, but yeah. Portugal. I think it's going to be out of Portugal, Germany, and France. Who in that group stage because they're all together. It's going to be out of them three. I'm going Germany or Italy. Germany or Italy. That's what I'm going for. Mm. Mm. Italy. See, I mean, you see the thing with Italy. They're sleeping giants. They're sleeping giants, and they always produce players that can deal with the top level pressure. Um, and they're always, well, you know, up until the last maybe 10, 15 years, I've always gone far in these competitions. So it's sort of like, it's their due, their cycle. It's time for them to come back. Um, and I had them down also um, 
Damo uh, as as my uh, team. Un- that underdog, as my team. Yeah. yeah they're un- <laughs> well, yeah. listen. You know, Italy can never be underdogs. I accept that. But when they ain't done nothing in the international tournament for 10, 12 years, you start saying they're gone away. And I thought I think that this time, out of nowhere, no one will be saying Italy win it apart from Damo. No one will be saying Italy win it. <laughs> yeah. But I think that they, I think that they, I think they could. Uh, yeah, they could definitely do some stuff in this competition. Yeah, I think France. Yeah brainer for them to, as as a team yeah but I always think when them teams are up it's like it's like a final every game for France and they have to live up to that and then once you get to like the, the quarters and stuff like that it's on you know do you get what I'm saying it's anybody's game and I it's think one game in it Ger- Germany and Italy you know like the notorious I, I, teams that play shit and win are notorious for winning tournaments you know like Mourinho teams and stuff like that yeah yeah yeah, Port- yeah. Portugal did it last Euros didn't they they drew all their games but still managed to win it yeah, yeah. Pragmatic, yeah. pragmatic teams. Yeah, for yeah. real. Even even France in the last tournament, it's not like they played Barcelona esque football. You know, mm. like it was like counterish style football, wasn't it? Like Mbappe on yeah. the counter and stuff like. So I don't I don't think you you only only team that are, are Brazil and Spain to ever win a tournament in style, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. The most difficult thing. Yeah, correct. The most difficult thing to do is win a tournament, uh, win a tournament, and uh, playing playing great football as well. That's why I respect Pep Guardiola so much, you know, because people Genius. say that people say that he gets all this money and all these teams are built of a hundred, hundreds and hundreds of millions. But when he's dominating seventy five percent of the possession in the final, I don't know what more you can you can ask for. Like you know, when he's cutting teams out and carving and scoring cutback goals, two three cutback goals in the final. What more could you you ask for from a from a from a manager? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm a Mourinho. I'm a Mourinho guy, though. So please, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not not why, to say I'm not a Pep guy. I'm also a Mourinho guy as well. I like. Why do you why do you prefer Mourinho? Is it just because yeah. his winning mentality kind of thing, or? Yeah, you know, it's, it's the winning mentality. Both of them have got the winning mentality. I'm not. I'm mm. not here to like say neither. Yeah, but I'm saying like. It's objective what you set out to do. Like sometimes, man, we get caught up in like emotional bias. Like, oh, I like the way that person plays football. I like that. Yeah. Like, Mourinho's one shit. Do you get what I'm saying? He's one. Yeah. In our, you know, like, and and you can't ignore that. And and even even Pep, man, and um, Pep. For me, if we want to talk about Pep in that light, you could bring Klopp into Pep's kind of because Klopp's done a similar kind of magnificent job at Liverpool with a lesser mm. budget. Yeah. Did you get what I'm saying? So when we get when we bring, but that when you go down to the raw. Objectives of football, winning shit. Can you really leave Mourinho out of it? No, you know, no, like... for sure. You can't. No, not in my opinion. A great manager. I know, and I know a lot of people say um, he's done, and you know he, he's over the hill and stuff. But I wouldn't bet against him challenging for Serie A next season and probably winning like the Europa League. He could, he he's got the capability to do that. Um, he's still there within him. But um, last question before we let you guys go is just still on the Euros. Um, Golden boot. Who takes the golden boot, Wes? Um, I think, yeah, if if England do well, I do think Harry Kane will take it. But I also think, I think Lukaku is going to slap off some goals as well. Mm. Yeah, he could easily get five or six in the group stage. Yeah, alone. easily, yeah. But then obviously the teams that, France, I think the goal, I think every France, I think the goals are shared out. Because they yeah. got so much, so many, so much ability in that in that team, yeah. Where I don't even think sometimes, like you'll see Mbappe probably play every game because they they have replacements. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Benzema there now. If Benzema could end up slapping in goals as well and get getting that golden boot, but Lukaku, I think just from group stages, 
getting through that group stage. He get through that group stage of five goals. Yeah, yeah, I said the same thing. And what about you, Damon? Yeah, I, you know what? I'm just gonna go. I'm, I'm, I'm a big Lukaku fan. Yeah, so even though I, I would like to say um, Benzema came, yeah, I think I'm gonna go Lukaku because I want him to be top goal scorer. I yeah. want him to be top goal. Yeah. yeah, both with me. I said, I said Lukaku. Yeah. You know, same. Lukaku. The thing about Lukaku is, and when you when you really look back at his his career and what he does, he just goes. He just goes and scores goals. Any team, any country, any level. Yeah, he, he just he just goal goes goal. and scores goes and scores goals. We think he played for West Brom. I think he slapped twenty that season. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's 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 just he, he's simply a goal scorer. You can't take that away. I think he's him. a one player. He, he can play for any team and just slap a goal. That's yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but it's a bit like the Mourinho thing. I said, just say it what it is. He, he, like he might not look the most attractive with his back to goal, but just see it what it is. He scores goals. You know, it, yeah. like, it might not look he might not look like Aguero on the ball or Suarez, but. There's no denying that he is one of the best strikers, number nines in Europe, right? Yeah. <laughs> the world, the world. The world, don't yeah. Don't get restricted yeah, to Europe. Yeah, um, the world. Okay, boys, that was fantastic. Sean, um, Damo, thanks so much for doing this. And um, and hopefully uh, sometime in the future, we'll get you back on um, to do something else with us. Um, but yeah, this is another episode of Playing Out from the Back. You'll find us on Sports Social. And thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Yes, boys. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.